How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Alright, we're back in uh, the 60s, back in um, the Adam West, William Dozier, uh, Batman series. We got a couple episodes to cover from that, some very interesting episodes indeed, with uh, the Curse of Tut and the Pharaohs in a rut. We're finally getting to King Tut, which it's been too long, Ian, I don't feel like we've properly, you know, we've properly experienced this uh, Batman show without getting to talk about probably the greatest created villain in the entire show oh in uh in in king tut created villain created oh, yeah, villain. gotcha gotcha fair enough yeah um yeah. definitely the most featured created villain uh he's in the most episodes and um really yeah for for good reason he's in 10 total obviously that's five um uh, five two-parters and that's the most of any non uh, basically other than the f- kind of four main Stable. ones yeah yeah well fair so, enough so pretty cool, and uh, we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about Movie Swap, I'm um, also going to talk about the movies we've seen. Um, also, we'll have a special guest appearance from my uncle, my Uncle John. I talked oh. with him yesterday about King Tut and his memories of uh, of that character while he was growing up watching the show back, back in its um, original run, and... Um, a little bit about about some of these episodes and some stuff he remembers. So we'll get a little bit of that um, later on in uh, in the episode as well. So a lot of stuff as far as that goes. A lot of content to get to. Um, as far as news, everything's still shut down. No movies coming out, obviously. No anything going on. They just put Fulton County here in uh, the Metro Atlanta area on complete shutdown, uh, pretty much, where Sweet. pretty much can't go anywhere. Or you're subject to fines and arrest and whatever. However, I don't know when. I thought that went in effect already, but like the stuff is still open, so I'm yeah, not I don't, quite I don't, sure. I don't know. I'm not sure how it's going. Um, I drove out to a comic book shop like 15 miles away today because I wanted to go over there. I was actually looking for a couple of other Batman books and they didn't have them, but I still wanted to go out there and get stuff, try and help support some of these comic book shops that are surprised they're even open in the area. I know, right? There's a, uh, yeah, no, this, uh, comic book shop out near East Cobb was, um, it's open. So I got a book of, uh, Neil Adams, com- Batman comics. So always, always safe bet with some of those. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, anyway, yeah. so not a lot of news overall. However, Ian, there's a, Big, big chunk of news we have to we have to talk about. Oh, we got to talk about this. Um, I, I there's no way you're not aware that Zack Snyder did a whole commentary of Batman vs Superman. God, I wish I wasn't. <sighs> you you couldn't be on film Twitter and not see every freaking because it just like it just brings up new controversy and new crap and stokes the flames of the Snyder call. This is this is one thing. Now I I watched a little bit of it just just a little bit at the beginning while oh, I was doing I something else and, I and I, but I I I read a bunch of stuff yeah. detailing it and I listened to a couple of people on YouTube basically go over the whole thing. Now unfortunately they were all Snyder um 
Yeah, because that's the cult, only people are going to have cult members. Yeah. And um, so that was awful. Um, th- this is one thing I will say. Obviously, we're not big fans of Zack Snyder. Now, the more I hear from him, the less I like him. The guy, like, th- this, as far as the stuff I saw, this seemed to actually be a pretty good director's commentary. Um, I mean, they're usually good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're usually people who should be commenting. I mean, th- on films. this guy is even more detailed than than most directors, just with the amount sure. of stuff that he puts together. I mean, he draws all his own storyboards, and yeah, the amount of that detail is insane. So he oh, had yeah. all of his drawings and was showing them as scenes were happening and stuff like that, and then talking about different stuff like that. So seemed pretty good. Yeah, cool. it, it didn't seem as annoying as we've seen him in other things lately. Okay. However, there were there were still some classic Zack Snyder um, moments well, in it. Yeah, where, where basically, have... whenever there's anything in question or anything comes up that people yeah. have problems with, he doesn't even try and explain most of them. He just makes fun of pe- people yeah, straw that that's yeah. usually what it is um yeah. one of the biggest ones was uh, during i think it was during the batmobile chase scene where like everyone gets blown up and all the cars yeah. and all that stuff and i think that i don't know what specific part it was because i wasn't watching it with the thing but i think it's when the car just dive like jumps off from the other level and just crashes straight through the back of the truck Yeah, the the cavitates the guy yeah yeah clearly and um he he made a statement where he basically was like oh yeah everyone in this scene is fine we just didn't shoot the the part where uh they they crawl out of the wreckage afterwards uh in a very tongue-in-cheek way um, sure that was his sarcastic his explanation for for all that so he said no one really dies in the movie um they just didn't film the other the other parts. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Or write it. Yeah. All right, sure, sure. That's that's fine. Whatever. Um, okay. and there were there were several moments like that. He obviously ended it throwing shade at Justice League, saying it would be great if there was a sequel to Batman. Oh Superman. yes. Which to be, I mean, it's just fair. It's fair. You know, whatever. Um, I, I, sure, but it's like again, but, it's like during the filming of Justice League, what what should they have done? Like wait. I don't know, six months for him to get over the whole, I mean, the, the other, the dirty truth is he was going to be fired. They wanted him gone before his daughter yeah. died. Yeah. And, and that's what people don't acknowledge. But I, yeah, I mean, that sure poke fun. Like obviously everything I saw was all the negative you know, yeah. quotes taken out, but uh, I am sure he's the, the, like the storyboards and everything like that would be cool. But I just hate how he's the worst perpetrator of just giving flame to the whole release of Snyder cut cause, um, there's this article I read that was really good. It, it perfectly outlined basically where the Snyder, the release of Snyder cut movement come, came from and like what it has become like what they've done. And I, I really have to tweet it cause it was really well done and yeah, in, you de- should. in detail. Yeah. But, I'd, love, um, I'd love to read that. It sounds but yeah, I just, I just hate whenever it's again, like he's making that zombie movie or he's already made it. Yeah. We've heard nothing about it. All we no. hear is him just talking about justice league and release of Snyder cut. The only good thing came Yesterday on April Fools, when a freaking HBO Max put out that tweet in a, a poster of Justice League, and like we will be releasing the full 214 minute Justice League cut from Zack Snyder on HBO Max, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> that is pretty funny. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, but uh, so it's again, th- 
as, as big of a problem as he is, the other people are so much worse than even he oh, is. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> like, I'd rather listen to him talk than the videos I watched, which were his uh, very loyal supporters mm-hmm. talking about the the brilliance of, of everything else and how oh, God, absolutely yeah. mentally stupid anyone who doesn't see how amazing this is. Right. Is. And it's just like. <sighs> that that was that was tough. I had to watch it in like six different parts because I couldn't keep listening to it. For, I don't even know how you could. Long. Yeah. Well, I wanted to hear about the stuff that happened. So. Oh, okay. Um. But uh, yeah. So so that that happened. Of course, he's yeah. single-handedly keeping Vero in in business. Uh, well, that's my problem. Is that like he's done nothing to like even like the worst actions that his his followers have taken, like, trolling and like. I mean, they've driven like Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon and Danny Elfman off Twitter. They're so bad. And again, it's like he doesn't have to take responsibility for that. But I've never seen him come out and be like, all right, guys, I know you want the Snyder Cut in my movie, but please don't attack so-and-so and Warner Brothers. Like, he's never done anything no, like that. No, and then he no. also kind of just, no, I mean, he, you know, he gives does it himself. I mean, he's totally supportive yeah. of all that. He's he's a yeah, it's yeah, it's like like he annoying. has like he hasn't given any blessing to Matt Reeves or. Robert Pattinson. I think that'd be a big like. Eh, I mean, uh, who, I mean, I don't really care. I don't really. No, see but it's, it's that something that matter. like you should like Christian Bale gave his blessing. Like, I think it's just a classy thing you do. And it's yeah. like I think that would help a lot because a lot of the Snyder fans are trying to torpedo. Not that they could, but the whole uh, Robert Pattinson Batman already. They're like, I hope everyone involved in filming dies of coronavirus. So this movie never comes out. It's like, dear God. Yeah. But whatever. Again, like we we have to talk about him every couple of months because he'll do something like this and it'll stoke the flames but yeah it is annoying but the biggest thing i get from not just the some stuff i heard with him but but from the people talking about it the biggest thing is it's so pretentious it's just yeah. so overthought and 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 he thinks he's so smart and everyone else thinks he's so smart. They think he's this god who's this brilliant yeah, people, and it, and he's it's so intricate and detailed and all this that that just people just don't understand how brilliant it, brilliant it is. And it's just that's the part I don't understand. Like I I honestly don't get how that happened. I don't understand. And he he just constantly talks about how Chris Terrio is like the most amazing, brilliant person he knows. Oh my God. What? Oh, constantly. He literally said that he said, talked about how brilliant Chris Terrio's writing is and everything. Cause he's worked with he's him li- since film school. He's and... literally written one good movie. I know. <laughs> and the other two were, were not just bad. They it's were some just, of the worst movies ever to come it's out. It's not just bad. This movie, right? The writing literally does not make any sense. And then they when cover they it up by Skywalker. And then they just cover it up by just saying it's too smart for you. Like it's oh, like I that's the dumbest thing. That. It's like no, it, like they're talking about how brilliant, like all of Lex's stuff is. Of course oh, you don't do understand. Of course you don't understand it because it's it's set up to be. He's so much smarter than everyone that that's why nothing oh makes God. any sense. It's like no, how does this happen? Oh God! Like what how I hate is how have people become this delusional about it is. This? It is delusion because like what I hate is how they act like like we've never had any good Batman until his freaking movie. It's like what are you talking about? It's like they, they literally act like like oh finally someone got Batman right. It's like are you sh- are you shitting me? I'm like the the animated series, the countless comics, the freaking Burton Bale. Like what? 
it's like I, that's why I can't stand it. And, and it's like, and and they're so delu- delusional, as we've seen. Like they don't think there should be any Batman after or other than his because it's yeah. so perfect. It's like nothing can top it. It's like people, it, even if Ben Affleck's Batman and his vision had gone on for six movies, eventually you would still get another Batman. As as shocking as that may be, yeah, um, it's it's delusion. I it I do is. not get it. It's fully it's full delusion, and I don't understand. But um, another thing, apparently Martian Manhunter exists. Oh, yeah. And yeah. knows Superman's secret identity already, and is some random military person that they yeah he's he's the retroactively general are like oh yeah this is Martian Manhunter it's like oh uh, uh, oh yeah. okay sure again you, again you did not convey that very well <laughs> no uh, he talked about Jimmy Olsen too about oh God, about I that character that, yeah. and uh, he was basically just like yeah we did that because but like he. he in all the explanations, Wait, there's still not a real explanation of no. of it. He doesn't uh, do stuff for like story purposes or character consistency. He it's literally because I thought that. it was cool. He he yes. admits that. That's why I don't understand why everyone else is so delusional. Even he isn't delusional about some of that stuff. And yeah. uh, like and no one's no one's taking that away from him. The dude is brilliant visually. He creates visually, amazing yeah. shots on screen Absolutely. and stuff like that. And it, it, it's fantastic. Um, but that's all he cares about, and that's all he does. That's always good. Uh, yes, at all. He cannot write. He cannot create a coherent story uh, by himself. None, none of that. Um, and the worst part about that I saw about Jimmy Olsen is that then all of his defenders after that retroactively try to act like Jimmy Olsen is not a an essential character right, to Superman. Right. I yeah, said, I they all act like, like, whoa, why would you want to see the real Jimmy Olsen? Like, just, just don't call him that. It just it makes no sense. Like that, That's the part that makes people so frustrated. Yeah. It's just uh, that random throwing in. Anyway, it's just dumb. Um, yeah. You want you want to hear his uh, uh, explanation for the Martha scene? I have I have a big uh, oh quote, I, I quote saw that yeah here. yeah. This is uh, this this is great. Um, all right, so this this is what he said. He said, uh, the world only makes sense if you force it to, which I think sort of sums up his philosophy. He's come all the way to this notion that he can only live in a world if he forces it into a morality that he can justify. But in the end, he's about to discover that his actions can easily go too far and he can become what he hates, how this is the very thing he's fighting against. And then... Sees he's basically turned into the murder into the murderer of his parents in a way because he's allowing them to kill Martha. So is he responsible for the death of Martha? He uh, has he become basically a hundred percent of the thing that he blinded by hatred has become uh, that he that he's become the thing he hates. One that doesn't really make sense uh, at all, really. Two, the parts that you can decipher from that are completely wrong. And it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, that, that's my favorite part of Zack Snyder is him explaining the stuff that's totally oh, it's, dumb. It's gobbledygook. Like, it's, it, but, it's rambling. But, but then people turn around and just point to like this quote and stuff as this brilliant subtext like everyone just talks about how brilliant the subtext and the all that all that is in every scene it's like no that's what happens when stuff's too stupid and not coherent that's yeah, what you it, point to 
Yeah, it's like modern art, you know. It's like yep. they're, they're putting all this meaning yep. to stuff that. Here's the thing about the Martha scene. I get what he was going for because, like, the meme is that like he doesn't kill Superman because their moms have the same name. It's like, of course, that's not what is being implied with that scene. But, but from how they directed it and how they shot it and wrote it, that's right. what it looks like. Right. So, but then the other thing is that just okay, incompetent he, he, filmmaking. Right. And then the other thing is like, okay, I get it that he he doesn't kill Superman because he's afraid of becoming Joe Chill and sees himself, right. whatever. But then the other problem is that is that right after that happens, he kills five guys or more than five guys. Like he just goes back to killing. It's like it would yeah. make sense. Nah, no. not really. Yeah, not really. Yeah, what, what, how? He doesn't really like, kill was, anyone after yes, that, dude. Right after that, when he's in the in in the in the Batwing or the, the bat uh, the bat jet, and he just mows down the guys in the in the in the freaking SUVs outside the warehouse. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's been a while. Yes. Yes. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, the, the the people that are... And then, of course, they talk about how stupid people are for thinking Batman kills because pointing to the warehouse scene, it's like, oh, the, the guy pulled his own grenade. It's like, yeah, anyone who complains about that, that that's nothing to complain about. That's not no, the problem. No. The problem so, is him sh- literally blowing up, uh, shooting and blowing up the shooting. dude with the flamethrower. That's yeah. more of a problem than... It's, it's, uh, it's, literally, it's literally the guys outside who are shooting at him from SUVs that he could just yeah. easily fly around, but he just mows them down. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, then shooting the guy with the flame floor. The guy with the grenade is an idiot. Like, that's not his yeah, fault. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. Yeah, that, that I don't that's expect Batman problem. to run in there and jump on the grenade right, and just right. save a bunch of idiots. Yeah, like, that's, that's again, that's... I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you. Like, well, that's, that, even, I don't that's not even that. That's just the guy did, you know... Yeah, that's, that's his own action. Yeah, yeah. That, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, no, but the rest of the movie, he's kill, he kills yeah. plenty of people. Yeah. yeah, yes, yes, he does. Oh, God. Yes, he does. Um, and obviously... That's happened in most Batman movies up until... And we don't like it when it happens. Point. And no, we Man. don't. It's not usually glorified. Um, no, exactly. That's, that's part of the difference. Um, the other big, the other biggest problem is, we've talked about this before, they, they could have solved a lot of the Batman issues. Obviously, the killing stuff you can't solve at all, but they could have solved a lot of it just by having some sort of line from Alfred talking about how he's gone too far or changed or throw in the jason todd murder thing like there's so many there's so many things they could have done to help that and which is just even more frustrating but anyway that was a big thing that's back in the news and we wasted time talking about it but um anyway so that's that happened other than that not really any uh not really any news. Moving on to uh, movies that we've watched so far this week, Ian. Now, I've only watched two new movies this week, other than Movie Swap, so three total. I've watched, I've rewatched a bunch of movies. Um, Same. Been watching a bunch. I've watched so many Disney movies over the, over this past <laughs> week. I've, I haven't watched Disney animated movies in a long time. Yeah, I know. And, uh,. Watched a bunch. Uh, watched Beauty and the Beast. Watched Aladdin. My sister was watching Alice in Wonderland. While nice. I was doing something, I hate that movie so much. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I hate it. I hate it. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrifying oh. and it's horrible. And I like all the imagery, but I don't like the movie. I hate everything about it. Um, that thing scarred me as a kid. Um, so I watched part of that. 101 Dalmatians I watched. Uh, I watched Prince of Egypt again, which is probably the best <laughs> animated movie ever. I think it is. Oh, my gosh. It is, it's perfect. That movie is perfect. It's, we I know, we can good. do a whole episode on... 
and Prince, Prince of Egypt. Egypt. And you know what? Maybe we will. Cause that Maybe is, we should. Yeah, we probably should. Hey, there's a Batman connection. Val Kilmer's in it. There you go. There you so, go. So we can, you know, we can work our way around that. Like on um, Val Kilmer's birthday or something, we'll do it. Yeah, that's, well, his birthday is uh, um, New Year's Eve. That's Val Kilmer's ah, birthday. Shit. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I've been rewatching Community a bunch. I started that a few like uh, a few weeks ago. I started rewatching that again for the I don't know the tenth time or however many times I've seen that show. And then it then it then then it just randomly came back on Netflix too. Oh, nice. Which is nice. So I got a little bit of a resurgence. I've seen a little bit more traffic of people talking about Community because it's uh it's good timing. Yeah, it's on Netflix now, which is which is nice. So if good any idea. of you haven't seen Community, watch it immediately. There's no excuse. It's on Netflix. It's the greatest TV show ever made. Um, I've seen it more than probably anything else, and it's just it's brilliant. Love it. You should watch it, Ian. I probably will now. That now it's on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, you really, really should. It's it's addicting and it's just brilliant. You would like it for sure because it, it's literally sure made for film fans and TV fans and stuff like that. Like it's just there's so much inside jokes and so much reference to other things, and it's it's really good. It's really good. I'll give it a shot. Uh, all right, but new movies. I've seen just two other than Movie Swap, and it was, uh, I watched Austin Powers, and I watched Police Academy. They're two fairly famous comedies that I just haven't seen yet. Really, I've had no interest in seeing my whole life, but was just like, eh, ah, just tell, I've seen this. And uh, Police Academy was fine. It's literally like yeah. a uh, Walmart Stripes. That's mostly yeah. the comparison I, I saw from people talking about it. That's why I never really care for it. Yeah, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. It's it's not terrible. It's not no. anything great. Yeah. Uh, Austin Powers. Oh man, I hate that movie. I I, I knew I was gonna hate it. Um, and yeah, I I can't. I I just don't like it because it's I, it's just I don't like. As much as I love Michael Myers and uh, you know SNL or Dumb and Dumber. obviously he's not in Dumb and Dumber. No, about like the Wayne's style of comedy. Uh, but as much as I love Wayne's World. As much as I love, you know, Mike Myers on SNL, I don't like anything where he's in control. His stuff that he makes just is not funny to me. It's just not. And it's true. There's this weird line of, like, stuff that's dumb funny, you know, and there's some of it that I like and some of it that I don't like. Obviously, I love Dumb and Dumber. I love Strange Brew. Um I don't need there's a bunch of dumb there's a bunch of dumb comedies that I enjoy I mean even other dumb ones like dude where's my car makes me laugh and what? um but this movie just doesn't make me laugh it it, it tries so hard every, every joke is so try hard and I, I I didn't miss any jokes like every joke is like oh there's the joke and it's just not funny they, they recycle the same jokes so many times and they're rarely funny I think the only parts that I laughed at was uh, Will Ferrell made me laugh? Sure, that was the funniest part of the movie by far. Is yeah. when he is when he dies and, and <laughs> yeah, he doesn't die. Forever. He keeps not yeah. dying. That was very funny. And and then he then he gets shot and you're like, okay, he's dead. And then he's like, you shot, <laughs> shot me in the arm. <laughs> that was so funny. That was the one part of the whole movie that made me actually laugh like out loud. That was that was funny. Um, good, there's, you're there, not a complete there's robot. A, there's a few other parts like uh, Doctor Evil. Te- uh, oh, he's the best character. Him submitting all his things for plans of stuff that has already happened. That was that was pretty smart. That that was good. That was good. I liked that. But um, anyway, um, yeah, those are the two movies that I watched. Two famous comedies that I just hadn't hadn't gotten to, hadn't hadn't seen yet. And uh, anyway, so have you watched anything, Ian? 
Yeah, I saw two as well. I've been rewatching a bunch of stuff. Right. Uh, the new stuff I saw was uh, I finally watched a documentary about the Fire Festival. Did you ever see that? <laughs> uh, I'm probably never going to watch that. Oh, you should. It's, it's actually a really good documentary. That's what I've heard. Uh, I mean, everyone really likes it. It's just I, don't I know, know. I know a couple of people who don't because they think it, it like tries to make you feel bad for the people who went, which it, like the documentary doesn't because I don't like. That's the best part is seeing all these like <laughs> vain Instagram followers have to go to this crappy party and then they're like scavenging for their lives and like that's <laughs> the best part. But it's actually like a really well done documentary and like a really interesting like character study and like uh, I don't know I, I definitely recommend it. It's um, okay. worth checking out. Fair enough. And then um, and then the only other thing I saw not for my own choice, my mother of all people wanted me to watch it was Uncut Gems. Wow, that's an interesting interesting pull from a mom yeah it's, it's i never would have guessed it's the type of movie she would like like her all of her favorite movies have like meg ryan in them so I'm right like, yeah sure of course yeah so like but she's like no you need to watch it I'm like mom i really don't i saw their previous movie i know they're exactly the same they are and, and sure enough they are yeah it's, uh, it's... Yeah, but worse to be honest <sighs> i probably liked good time more and i didn't like good time very much yeah i, I probably agree because i liked robert pattinson's character at least yeah Whereas like again, Adam like Sandler. I get it. It's it's almost like the same thing as like an Austin Power watching that. It's like, look, I I get, I get it. It's sure. it's a type of movie that is done really well. I just hate that type of movie, but I get yeah. what they're doing and they do it really well. I it's just not something I like. They, they do it well, but I also really wouldn't like say what they do is incredibly like it requires a lot of talent. Whereas well, like basically, yeah. you just have people talk over each other, yell over each other, yeah. put this weird synth soundtrack that does not go with the movie in the background. And then this chaotic editing. And it's like, there you go. It's like, you, you've made a Safety brothers movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, like they, they're, they're skilled at what they do, but I'm so done. And like, unless I hear that their next movie is completely different, which at this point they need to, that you can't just keep doing the same type of movie over and over again. Um, but if it's not, if it's just another one of these, I'm I'm never gonna watch it. I don't care. Yeah, and no, I'm not. I'm not either. They're, they're not um, for me. They're not enjoyable at all to watch. They're like no. a migraine for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I respect some of it. I sure. just I just don't I don't enjoy it. It's no. not for me. Um. All right. Yeah. So that's what we've been watching. So now it's time to talk movie swap. So for this week, I watched Lawless, and Ian watched A League of Their Own, and um. So. So, Ian. Yes. You watch League of Their Own, baseball yeah. movie about yes. the uh, about during World War II when obviously everyone was off fighting the war, all the men, but they still wanted entertainment. So, uh, uh, Wrigley, the uh, I forgot his first name, but whatever whatever his, his real name is, the owner right. of the Cubs and uh, the the founder of Wrigley, like the the gum company and everything, he. He decided he wanted to make this women's baseball league, and so and that's what he did, and that's kind of what this movie is based off of. It only lasted for like a year; I think it was just a year, right? But um, it uh, did happen in the forties. They they changed this. Um, they cha- it's not they don't use Wrigley; they use something else as yeah, the, it seems like Harvey. Yeah, something like that. But um, basically, it's a kind of based off a true. It's a fictional movie that's set like in a real scenario that that type right. of that type of thing so um this movie i love i really like it i like the cast and uh the writing and obviously i love baseball movies so that's a given anyway but um i'm curious to see what you think of uh what you thought of this movie 
No, I, I really liked it too. Um, I, I liked all the characters. I liked all the actors, surprisingly. Like, even ones I don't I'm telling you, man, like. Rosie O'Donnell. Well, she, her, she wasn't bad. And Madonna wasn't bad either. Her one, so it's, thought... it's the one time I enjoy watching Rosie O'Donnell, probably ever, is is her in this movie. I think she's actually funny. Yeah, I mean, she's done some voice acting, like in Tarzan, that's funny. Yeah, but that's like, true. Yeah, she has done some of that voice acting stuff. But um, but no, like she was good, and, and Madonna was good, and I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she gets um, the best scene. Yeah, but no, I mean, obviously <laughs> Tom Hanks is great, and unlike really anything I've seen him in, where he's like just a bum and like a dirtbag for most oh, of the movie, and it's like great. disgusting. It, it's, it's like, like that perfect transition like era for tom cruise in but yeah. not tom cruise good grief for, for tom yeah. hanks like in between like the 80s oh yeah that's right yeah. where he always he usually played some sort of cocky character in these comedies right some sort of over you know thinks a little bit too much of himself kind of hot shot comedy character something like that and then obviously he goes into just the full-on Oscar movies yeah. after, you know, in in the later 90s. This is like that in-between yeah. where he's, you know, playing like the flawed, drunk character, whatever. But he's still almost playing it like it's in like he's one of his 80s comedy characters. Yeah, yeah. So it's this like m- perfect mix, like perfect bridge between the two different Tom Hanks eras. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So that was cool to see. Um, he's just, oh, he's the, great. Yeah. He's so much my, fun to watch. Yeah, but my favorite was uh, Gina Davis, just because mm-hmm. I'm a huge Gina Davis fan in general. But she, yeah, her character great. was the best. Um, and then her sister, uh, I forget the actress's Lori, name. Lori Petty. Was, yeah, from like Tank Girl and uh, mm-hmm. Point Break and stuff. But um, so that was that was good. Uh, but no, like it was, it was just I don't know. It was it was like another wholesome movie that I just really liked. And again, it's like this great story, even though it's, sure it's a little bit fictionalized, but you know, true yeah. story nonetheless. But I liked how like it was about these, you know, inspiring women who did something incredible. And it wasn't like I was thinking you couldn't make this movie today for the different for the wrong reasons. Right. Like, usually you can't make a movie today because it's too politically incorrect and too insensitive. But this movie, like no one would make today, especially a female director today, because so many so many of them have like agendas and, mm-hmm. and chips on their shoulders. Whereas this was, I think, directed by um, Gary Marshall's wife. Right. Yep. Yeah. Penny Marshall. Same bar show, yeah. Um, and of course, he's in movies. So that makes sense. Which also um, makes sense the Tom Cruise connection because I mean, she directed Big. Tom Hanks, yeah. Um, uh, good grief, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, because yeah. she, yeah, you know, so like, she directed that, so yeah. But yeah, so it's like a movie that you couldn't make nowadays because now every like if you made it now, all the women, it, like all the men would be irredeemable, right? Like douchebags. Whereas like oh, Tom sure. Hanks's character is a loser. He's pretty awful, but yeah. he's not irredeemable. It's right. not like all the guys in freaking birds of prey or something where they're just all like abusive and terrible scumbags who, who like, you know, just get killed or whatever. But like, again, it's like just, it's wholly pop. I mean, of course there are the guys back then who were like trying to sexualize them and like, or skeevy. I was glad that the one character, Ira, he wasn't like that. I liked how he was actually like championing them for, for them to have their own league and had a little bit of of growth or like, you know, nowadays like Bill Pullman would be like abusive and terrible and stuff like that. And it wasn't like, again, it was just, completely wholesome like inspiring story it was like i was i was even like tearing up a little bit when it was like all the old women at the end like mm-hmm. you know reuniting i'm like oh my god I'm, a bunch of old sappy women just like you know reuniting just like got me crying i'm like what was becoming of me but no i i really enjoyed it and <laughs> yeah, again like baseball baseball makes for the best sports movies it does they they do they have the best sports movies by far it's really Nothing not it's it. not even close no. there's like there's like you know 
two, three, four in other sports, maybe. Maybe that, that are really good ones. Football probably has the, that has the most other than baseball. There, there there's probably. a decent amount of good football movies, but uh, some good golf ones surprisingly. Yeah, there are there are there are a few good golf movies, but uh, nothing compares to baseball. There's probably wow. fifteen really good baseball movies. Probably yeah. And um, this is right up there with with any of them for sure. I I really like this movie. For sure, I do too. Yeah. So, so this movie came out in 1992. Um, it had a budget of 40 million dollars. And it made about a little over 130 um, at the box office. It has a 7.3 rating on IMDb. It's got a 3.7 rating on Letterboxd. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a surprisingly low 78% critic rating and wow. 84% uh, user rating, which I was very surprised that it was actually yeah, that nowadays, low. Nowadays, nowadays the, the critic rating would be like 98%. Either that or this is from a bunch of recent critics talking maybe. about maybe how uh, too tame in, uh, their, maybe. in their messages it is. I wouldn't be surprised. So who knows? Um, yep, here we go. Here's a review that oh, no. perfectly sums it up. It's a rotten review from uh, Jay Boyer. Boyar. So a guy? Boyar. Yeah, uh, from the Orlando Sentinel. This is from 2013. And he boy. said, what does it say about today's Hollywood when the most interesting character in a movie about a women's baseball team turns out to be a man? <sighs> you can go hang yourself on a tree somewhere. Like, good grief, Jay. You moron. Idiot. Get out of here. It's uh, not going to get you laid. Every character in this movie is great. Every, yeah. I like every one of them. There, there's really no bad characters. In no, the again, thing. Gina Davis so, is my favorite. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's stupid. That's probably why it's so low. This movie's yep. great. Um, so, yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, League of Their Own, fantastic. Uh, great baseball movie. Good good movie overall. Very funny. Kind of period drama. And, uh, yeah, go check that out. All right. So, I watched uh, Lawless, which is a movie I've been meaning to watch for a while, just because you know, it interested me sure. for a while. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Um it's kind of it's kind of a weird movie. I enjoyed it. I like this movie a lot. There's just so many too. great people that are in yeah. it. I mean, the cast is just phenomenal. I mean, Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy leading the way, then Guy Pearce as the villain, Jessica Chastain. Um, I, I, seeing Dane DeHaan threw me off. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's good. I, he's I, good at pretty much everything else. Yeah. Him. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gary Oldman is not in it nearly enough. I don't know no, how. He had little. a terrible agent for this movie. Um, I, I guess, yeah. does nothing, which is a shame because uh, it's Gary Oldman. So you see him at the beginning, you're like, oh, Gary Oldman. And then he never shows up again until one scene. And you're like, that that was it? I thought he was going to be the main bad guy. I was all excited I'm about out. seeing yeah, him. And then it ways. ended up being Guy Pearce. So I was like, oh, man, I want you to just die like immediately. Well, at least he's a good villain in that respect where you hate I, him and you want to want to die. That's yeah, no, that's that's true. Um I don't know if Guy Pierce ha uh, well, oh, shoot, what's uh let's see. What's he's uh yeah, like Rakes, is that his name? Yeah. The 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 uh attorney super what 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 is his title? It's this weird he's some corrupt official from yeah, Chicago. Yeah, but it's this weird title of something whatever it is. Um some official law person or whatever yeah. that has to rank in the top 20, at least all time, most hateable characters in movie history. Oh yeah. 
Like, good gosh. I mean, you talk about someone with not a single even shred of a redeeming quality in any way, shape, yep. or form. That's not only just the worst, but it's just annoying at the same time. Yeah. Like, I love oh. the one scene where he's uh, just sitting down with the sheriff, and the sheriff just goes, I don't think I like you very much. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the worst. Um, they make him look like a moron. Oh, yeah. That was so distracting. He has no eyebrows, and he has a strip shaved in the middle of his head. Yeah. Um, and then it parted on both sides, like right down the middle. It is it is something, man. Like it is. I mean, he goes all out with, with that part. Of yeah. it, uh, it for sure. But um, just shows how good Guy Pierce is. Oh, yeah. Act. No, Guy Pierce is great. Um, man, I, I hate him so much yeah. in this movie. I, I hate him so much. Uh, Tom Hardy plays basically just kind of the version of Tom Hardy that kind of happened some uh, like after Batman. Yeah, where you can't understand really the word shame, he said. Man. It's such a shame. Like Tom Hardy in Inception. Why could we not get more of that Tom Hardy? Well, we actually it's funny. We got more. We have like that was the old Tom Hardy. Like he was I actually. Miss it. I, I know, I do too. Um, I like him in this. I like him because, like, <laughs> he's just, like, that old, stubborn, southern guy that, like, a lot of it, like, I grew up with in my family where it's, like, he just yeah. grunts. He doesn't talk. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, it's, like, oh, yeah, it's great. But, yeah, like, I, I know what you're saying. He definitely has been typecasted since. Like, obviously, for this character, I'm not saying he needed to do that. This character is great. But, right, but like, this everything. is this is all it is. Like, somehow, after Warrior, it's just, like, all right, let's just yeah. do that, but, like, even more. And it's like, yeah. no, but he's fun and funny and entertaining and energetic. Charismatic, yeah. Like, again, Inception. Yeah. Fantastic character in that. But uh, anyway, but he still, he, I mean, he kills it. He's great. Oh, he's awesome. Fantastic. He, I mean, he plays. Brass knuckles. I mean, he gets, I mean, there's a reason why you get typecast. It's because you do some really, really well. And that's, right. and he does. He plays that stoic, Tough no guy. nonsense. Yeah, just legend status type tough guy. And uh yeah, so he was he was great to watch. Shia LaBeouf is weird in this movie. Like I I mean I I Shia LaBeouf is weird in general. Um Oh sure. And I I never know what to think of him cuz there's certain things when I see like recently or whatever, there's certain roles that I just think Shia LaBeouf is incredible in and he's just some of the best acting you'll ever see and just incredible. Um and and I couldn't figure out if I really liked him in this movie all that much. Yeah. He bored me. Like, oh, I didn't okay. think his character was very interesting. No, definitely not as interesting as uh, Tom Hardy. Like, he doesn't even... I mean, his character arc is he goes from a timid person who won't shoot anything to then a guy who will. But it doesn't really happen. Like, it just kind of hap. I mean, they slowly show him, like, get more involved and stuff. But there's never really reasons for it. It just kind of he just decides he wants to do things, and so so it's like he grows, but very unorganically. Like it almost yeah. he only grows because the script says so, than because stuff actually happens to him. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird character. Um, I I wish his character was written a little better, but sure. uh, because he just kind of gets blown away by everyone else. And because, oh, for sure. and, and it's not really the acting. It's more just because they're all the other characters are so much better written and yeah. uh, better done. I mean, from Guy Guy Pierce or Tom Hardy's, or um, even uh, uh, Dane DeHaan's or any of those characters, I thought were written better. Um, yeah. Than his, but I still enjoy. I still enjoy him. 
Um, I still enjoy watching him for sure. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a good movie and it based off a true story too, which always makes it even more interesting. Um, the whole aspect of the bootlegging is interesting. And then the aspect of, uh, like the cops not really being the ones after them at the same time. And this just kind of third party is there that, that that's a little interesting. Yeah. That kind of gets dumb at the end where you're like, why is any of this even happening? Like none of literally none of this should be happening at all. Every single person is against this happening. And yet it's still, Oh yeah. Still happening. Like it just, it just, that, that was kind of a little weird. And then, um, yeah, but 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 overall, it, it's just too many people in it that are just great and and a lot of fun to watch. And, oh yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I enjoyed it. I was glad to have watched it for sure. Oh, nice. Um. Okay. This movie came out two thousand and twelve, and it had a very small budget of twenty six million dollars. Oh wow. And it made uh, just over fifty five million dollars worldwide. So kind of a modest. You know, low low budget period film. Yeah, at least they kept it low. Got a uh, seven point three on IMDb. It has a sixty seven percent critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a seventy four percent audience score. And then it's got a three point three on uh, Letterboxd. So that's the rundown with uh, Lawless. Okay. All right, now it's time to move on and pick uh, pick the next movie, Ian. So, um, you know. What you want? Uh, I do. You want me to watch? All right. Yeah, go you want me it. to go ahead? Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna have you watch a movie. I think you're going to not only pre- or definitely appreciate a lot, given a lot of the movies you kind of grew up with. Uh, it's a movie I haven't seen in a while, but kind of I definitely loved as a kid. Uh, but I think still holds up. And I'm gonna have you watch The Rocketeer. Oh yeah, you've mentioned that several times. So kind of like Mask of Zorro, this is kind of one of the movies where it's like a perfect superhero origin movie without actually being a, a, a real superhero right it's um, like a, it's a is it it's based off like a, a pulp character right yeah like a, a classical pulp character kind of like you know in the fashion of like indiana jones or yeah. something or zorro um, it's great yeah exactly or zorro it's great uh it's got billy campbell who's uh, the lead it's got a very young very attractive jennifer connelly um i forget all the oh freaking um timothy dalton is a bad guy he's great oh nice um, yeah I, I think you'll like it a lot it's just a you know perfect amount of like campiness from like the nineties and and like but like you know paying paying homage to all the stuff that influenced it. There's a, some great like Errol Flint Robin Hood like um Ooh, nice um additions to it. Like they actually like they're like basically filming a Robin Hood movie from that time. It's awesome. You'll, oh, I'm I think sold. you'll like it. I, no, I'm sold already. I, I freaking <laughs> love Errol Flint's Robin Hood. That's all right, well I'm hoping a little yeah, a little throwback will will win you over. Ooh. All right, I'm down. I'm down. That sounds great. All right, so um, for this one, Ian, do you want more um, more modern movie or an older movie, like a a, a much older movie? Just 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 which one? Uh, I feel like we haven't gotten modern in a while. All right, you're finally gonna watch the Academy Award winning film oh, King's Speech. All right. <laughs> Won the Oscar in 2010. I know you're still mad about that. I am. But this is a really good movie. Colin Firth is just great. I mean, obviously, he's great in everything. And um, really interesting story. A, a movie that you don't... I would, had no interest in when it came out. Um, I, I didn't see this movie till maybe a few years ago. Maybe three or four years ago. Um, 
but is actually for a movie that's just kind of about, you know, the timid guy who becomes a king who can't speak well and anything like that. Like, that's basically it. Like, it's a pretty lame premise if you think of as a movie. Like, there's not really a whole lot there as far as this, like, big sweeping plot, but it's just done so well and acted so well and it's it, the script is fantastic and it's just one of those movies that just keeps you entertained where you wouldn't really think it would so um no i i enjoyed this movie this movie's good it's also funny too it's surprisingly funny okay i mean i'll, I'll um, I'm, I'm sure it's good it's just that it's forever you know been <laughs> just don't tainted. think of it as coming out in 2010 pretend it com- came out in 2009 Right, like in, in any other year. Yeah, just pretend it came out in 2009 and then then watch it. But uh, no, that's one you got to see. So. All right, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So next week, Ian's watching King's Speech and I'm watching The Rocketeer. All right. Time to talk about Batman, finally. Long enough. Yeah, I know. Too long. But because uh, we watched two episodes of Batman, the Adam West TV show. Um Watch The Curse of Tut and Pharaohs in a Rut, the first appearance of King Tut. Um, pretty awesome villain in the, sh- in the series, was completely made up, did not exist ahead of time, and is the actually the first villain in the entire show that was 100% made up. Uh, technically, the character of Zelda is a made-up character which we saw uh, a while ago but but she was based off of a real uh, character from the Batman comics she was based off another one King Tut is not based off anything it is a 100% creation for this show and oh my like it is oh it is so much fun it is so much fun this is one of those episodes where it's just like it is one of the stupidest episodes in the entire series but the whole time you're just having a blast watching it. I mean, although I mean, you say it's stupid, and granted, it is. But it's pretty dumb. Surprisingly, like in terms of the plot, or at least the you know his scheme is surprisingly straightforward about just basically yeah. kidnapping Bruce Wayne. Like you would yeah. think it'd be way more out there, but at well, least in that element, they, they make this big deal of you know King Tut's back, and his whole thing is he wants to rule Gotham City, and then. He doesn't really want to rule Gotham City. He just kind of wants to kidnap Bruce Wayne and, and get a bunch make of money. some money from it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. For those of you that don't know, um, Ian, would you like to explain to them the character of King Tut? Well, he was a he was a famous and you know well established uh, professor at Yale, who yep. uh, during a student riot, I guess <laughs> those were and, common. And and, and and professor of what? Uh oh, God, I forget. Egyptology. Come on. I, yeah, I knew I could knew, I knew something. I couldn't remember if it was <laughs> specifically, but of course. Um, and yeah, they were in a student right. It was hit on the head. Yep. By uh, by like some Egyptian artifact, I guess. Right. No, he was just hitting the head. No. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, so that... Just hitting the head. Okay. Well, <laughs> fair enough. And then uh, yeah, so because of that, he developed a uh, second personality where he thinks he is King Tut. Yep. Yep. Very uh, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah, again, a character that is perfectly, you know, for the show in the sense mm-hmm. that, like, he's he fits right in tone and everything and can only exist in this show. <laughs> right. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the um, 
Yeah, because what they say is he got hit in the head during a student riot at uh, at Yale, which, I mean, it was the 60s, and sure. that, that was a thing going around um, in the oh, yes. early, early mid-60s. Um, and Yale did have a student riot in 1963. Okay. So I can only I, – I looked all that up because I was wondering about that too. And so that's the only thing I can think of. That's the only Yale-based or involved riot I could really find um, around that time period. So uh, I, I'm assuming that it had to have been from something like that. But also in general, just there were a bunch of student protests and, and oh, stuff sure. like that going on at the time. So makes sense. It sounds a little goofy now, but – well, sure. You know, at the, like, you if know. you think of it at the time, like that was fairly common. Although now right. there are just as many student rights if you think about it. Yeah, it, it usually isn't full blown riots. There's a lot of the, those annoying, intrusive protesting Protest. stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that that yeah, that's a character. He got hit in the head, and he thinks he's King Tut. He's like a reborn King Tut, and Gotham is the reborn Thebes that he needs to. Uh, overtake yeah. pretty much um yeah perfect perfectly goofy premise with the uh with the show and it starts off with this giant statue being put into gotham central park which they don't even try and make up a name it's just no this is central park even though uh. and they have stock footage like it's all their stock footage is always of new york city and stuff like that so they have like stock footage of central park and then they immediately go into a park that's clearly in the los angeles area because no, there's no buildings whatsoever anywhere which is uh, uh that just made me laugh like right I mean, yeah and then later on you know you've got the famous mountains of gotham we always hear about it's clearly just the valley <laughs> right but uh so this giant statue that they constantly say is like the sphinx yeah, it's not though it's not the sphinx yeah <laughs> batman says when they go to it, he's like, "Oh, a perfect replica of the Sphinx." It's like, no, 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 it's not. It's uh, some other Egyptian god. Um, it it is not the it is not the Sphinx. It looks nothing. Yeah, like the I, Sphinx. I forget what it is, but it's yeah, it's not the Sphinx. Yeah, I don't um, remember the. Uh, hang on, let me see. I had it. I had it in here. In here somewhere. It has like the head of a dog, it's, right? Uh, no, it's like a ram. It's like a a ram or an antelope or something like that. But it's the. Uh, Apparently, it looks it, it it's most likely the ram-headed god um, uh, Kunum. Uh, that's oh, what okay. some people were saying that it probably is the uh, god of Kunum. Um, but it, regardless, it it's not the Sphinx, and it doesn't yeah. look anything like the Sphinx. And um, this is the ongoing trend. This whole episode, Bruce Wayne slash Batman constantly is spouting off all this knowledge of uh, Egyptian stuff and every single thing is wrong. Like every single thing he <laughs> says and the entire thing is wrong. Yeah. Cause even like the little I know about, you know, Egyptology and like, I don't know if I remember hearing that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's always wrong. But, uh, <laughs> so the commissioner and the chief are getting a call about this giant, you know, statue that just appeared and they immediately just think it's a publicity stunt. Cause the, the uh, museum has a new Egyptian um, exhibit opening. Of and so they call Bruce Wayne, and I love it, man. Every time, it's always stately Wayne Manor. Yeah, always. yeah. Like, he's like, uh, call Bruce Wayne. You'll find him at stately Wayne Manor. Like, it's just great. I love it. They always have to say that. 
So he calls Bruce and Bruce. And and so Alfred has to come in to tell Bruce Wayne that Commissioner Gordon's on the phone, but it's not on the bat phone. It's for Bruce (laughs) Wayne. And they're so confused. Like they're so thrown off with that. Commissioner Gordon, they would have a call. That's not from the bat phone. Yeah. A little change for once. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty funny. I just like the way they really harped on that for a while, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. Just how confused they were. But, uh, and of course, he tells him it's not a publicity stunt. So, of course, now they know so there's a problem. So then they have to call Batman on the Bat phone. <laughs> <I know. That's laughs> and, but Alfred is smart enough to not come right back in and say, uh, oh, there's something else, or, you know, the Bat phone or whatever. Like, he does a great job. Now, the one thing that doesn't make any sense is Alfred answered the phone both times. And that, I guess, doesn't tip off. Commissioner Gordon, oh, that's well, same, that, that, same person answered both phones. Or, or then later on when he, you know, basically <laughs> or, shows or, up in the Batmobile. Or when, like, Bruce Wayne and Batman just the talk the same. No, they just talk the same to Commissioner oh, Gordon. Like, they just – and he doesn't notice anything different. But I do like how Alfred, to tell him that the Bat phone was off, went off, he just – he brings out a red book. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the, uh, the way he does it, which is pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Oh, clever, yeah. And it's a uh, very, very uh, half-assed reasoning for Bruce to not go to the museum exhibit with Aunt Harriet. Oh, I promised I had to uh, read over this book. And that's (laughs) it. That's the example. That's the reasoning he gives. That's all you're going to get, Aunt Harriet. But uh, so then we're finally told about King Tut once Batman and Robin go to the, uh, the police headquarters. They explain all of that. Um... Some other interesting things about this character. Uh, so he refers to himself as King Tut, right? Like, like he says that himself. That's right. not just something other people call him. Wouldn't he like use the proper name and not like the shortened version if he actually believed that's who he was? Uh, yeah. Like as Pharaoh, uh, what, whatever, like two, uh, two, two tank common or what, whatever however you pronounce that wouldn't like he referred himself as that you would think think. okay i was just thinking about that it doesn't really make (laughs) sense but we also immediately show that batman and robin are they like they feel sorry for him because it's not really him you know he's yeah you know it's not really him so they gotta find you know but they still have to stop him they even say that like they still you know we feel sorry for him but we you know we still gotta stop him from doing all this other stuff yeah yeah so they go to look at the statue, and that's when we get the great moment of Batman saying it's a perfect uh, replica of the Sphinx, which <laughs> it's it's not at all. But um, uh, And, of course, they expect that there's a trap, so when Robin finally finds a handle, Batman's like, no, 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 don't don't touch that. It might be a trap. And so they he ties a string to it and then steps away from it and pulls it, and just this little blade just, like, sticks out of it. <laughs> and it's like, that would have done nothing, like, because to open that that handle, you would have been on the side of it, like pulling it. Yeah, like, like you wouldn't even have been like, right in front of that blade. It doesn't look like high up or something like eye level. And it's no, like, yeah, <laughs> I really don't think that would have been much of a problem. But that's the maybe grand like, plan of uh, King Tut to to kill Batman. I guess maybe it's like a a device to discourage like climbing on it and stuff. So well, like if kids are like climbing know, over it, they'll like, but if that's them the case, stabbed. if that's the case, you would want it just to stay stay stuck out like at all times, right? Oh, maybe you don't want to kill him. Maybe you just want to poke him in the gut and make him think uh, about what they're doing. Uh, the plan was to kill Batman, though, and it's a very weak one, indeed. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But uh, so then um, Nefertiti 
the main henchwoman of King Tut. Uh, so she walked around. She tell well first she uses a mirror to reflect a message that that it didn't work and it's pretty funny because he even says like when king tut gets like the message he's like oh from 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 Ra," which is kind of funny because that's the sun god right. so it actually you know that, that makes sense that's fair but um and they all and also like the the statue talks i don't know if i mentioned that earlier it oh uh, yeah it, it talks to them because they have a microphone hooked up with it and nefertiti will say things through it um but anyway so yeah then they just randomly she's just randomly walking across the park and batman and robin of course see her and um it's another wrong moment of batman when he says her outfit is 14th dynasty which is also king tut's dynasty which is wrong because apparently <laughs> king tut was the 18th dynasty uh, the 18th er, um, 18th dynasty so oh, another another wrong for for batman um, and then she, she escapes by throwing an exploding snake at them and then it's just yeah, like, gone. <laughs> it's a fairly large explo- explosion too. It is. Uh, it's an, I was like, damn. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's an asp, the, the snake, um, which apparently is a thing with Cleopatra and not Nefertiti. Right. Obvious, you know, but you know, that. Okay, so that's another. That's like strike three as far as. Well, the I, I think like goes. asps are, are known from like Egypt, like, like being from there. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they are. But as far as I give them a pass. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so anyway, they they end up going to the museum, just as Bruce Wayne just goes to the museum exhibit and he's given a tour, which I mean would make sense because he's you know on the board, or or whatever, with a bunch of reporters. And um, so, okay, I found a few more of these things. So he, he's giving the tour, and uh, he refers to apparently a uh, like a gold snake as being made of carnelian, which is red, not not gold. And he refers to the cobra as the symbol of Upper Egypt, and the vulture the symbol of Lower Egypt, which is exactly backwards. Huh. It's the complete opposite. It's actually, it's actually uh, the vulture as the um, upper Egypt and the cobra as lower Egypt. So backwards. Um, and uh, then, then he goes over to the um, the sarcophagus where the mummy is, and just, and uh, he, uh, this is another thing he says. Apparently that w- this is a, a ruler of the 14th dynasty, which would put him in the 1500s. But that's wrong because the 14th dynasty ended in 1650 BC. Wow! Wow! Um, he then just opens it. Yeah, that yeah that part. Okay. Just opens it up. You know, you it's what three thousand year old sarcophagus. Just opens it up to to the you know just to the air, open yeah. air, no protection, no anything. Just here, let's look. At, oh shoot! Not <laughs> not knock my microphone over. Just here, oh, let's nice. just look at the ancient uh, mummy. Yeah, you, you don't Come do on, that. Come on, man. Like, Bruce is just... He's not doing well. <laughs> he's not <laughs> doing well. Uh, the mummy then falls out, and uh, we get one of my favorite moments I've ever seen in this show. So the mummy falls down, and the reporter just immediately is like... Because the statue talked about a prophecy of the second coming of, of King Tut or whatever. And right. so he immediately is just like, Oh, the prophecy has come true! 
okay, sure. But then, <laughs> then we get Bruce just scream at the top of his lungs. It's alive. The Sphinx prophecy was right. The king has risen again. Is there a doctor in the house? Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite moments I've seen in this entire show. That 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 is my favorite delivery of a line I've seen yet. It is amazing. Like you can see him like take a deep breath and like Oh yeah, he just channels everything he has. And it is so funny. It made me laugh so hard. I don't think we've ever seen him yell like that. Yes, yeah. Especially now it's Bruce Wayne. Wow. And that was oh that was so funny. It was so funny. Uh you know, and and so and they had taken like the the head revealing King Tut, but, but nobody recognizes him, even though he's a super criminal that's known right. to everyone. No one recognizes him. Yeah, so, he's full exposed head. Yeah, yeah, he's just there. They don't get it. So the ambulance is over there, and EMTs are there, and they're, of course, working for King Tut, and uh, Bruce is going with uh, them as they're wheeling King Tut out, and then, of course, he gets gassed, and they you know, put him on the gurney and tie him up. And King Tut gets out of the mummy outfit and then just throws it into the, he just, th- he just puts it, all his stuff into this like random cabinet that's just standing there in the museum, which is That'll be a while before anyone looks in there probably. It's true. It's true. Um, and then of course they sneak out and they throw him in the, uh, but they throw Bruce Wayne into the back of the, uh, ambulance. And, um, then we get, then they go into whatever their big, weird, uh, King Tut truck thing that's this very elaborate looking almost like oh, yeah, a portable museum that's like almost yeah. what it's like yeah they, it they like do call name. it something i don't remember what they call it but uh it's yeah. pretty funny um and then they they connect remotely like via telephone to the statue and then nefertiti he has her read off these cue cards and at one part one of them's upside down and so she just stops and he looks and he's like oh and has to flip it over for reading, which I thought that was pretty funny. And um, he ends up, then then he talks and says he kidnapped Bruce Wayne and he'll he'll say a ransom and blah, 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 all that stuff. So Gordon's, of course, shook. So he goes and, you know, calls the bat phone and Robin answers. And then, you know, Robin now finds out that Bruce is kidnapped. And then he just says, oh, yeah, I don't know where Batman is. Well, he's like, yeah, put Batman <laughs> on the phone. He's like, ah, I, uh, I, I don't I don't know where he is. <laughs> which is just great um, yeah he doesn't even ask about it either he's like okay no he's just uh, he's yeah, I don't know and uh, no questions asked um, but Bruce is now trying to get out of that ambulance that he's tied up in yeah on the gurney he ends up getting himself like the doors open it. somehow I don't I don't know how they open but they do and he just goes flying out of there on the gurney so now he's just flying down the hill tied to the gurney <laughs> on a and, mountain yeah and that's like the big cliffhanger that's an awesome cliffhanger yeah that's pretty awesome yeah it's great like that is terrifying like he's just flying and uh of course there's a big sign that says construction and uh, dead end, it, yeah. it specifically says a 300 foot drop yeah, they you know, have to tell you <laughs> specifies all that and they, they have shots obviously it's not Adam West, like in these big shots, just flying down the highway, but they have shots of him laying on something moving very fast. Oh yeah. It's not green like, screen. W- whatever he's, I mean, obviously they're towing it or whatever, but like it's moving pretty fast, whatever he's oh, laying yeah. on. So it looks good. And, um, and that, that's the big cliffhanger. You know, is Batman literally going to go off the cliff? 
That's pretty awesome. It is pretty great. But uh, then it gets disappointing because he literally just gets out of the straps and just grabs like a... A a, piece of pipe that he goes under or something. Yeah, it's like a uh, a barricade. barricade, Yeah, a barrier or something. And then that's it. Like, he just grabs that. And you're like, oh, oh, that was much more exciting, I thought, before, (laughs) beforehand. So a little, little underwhelming. Uh, not like not last week when the way they got out of the cliffhanger last week with the smokestack and climbing up that that was that was pretty good. Yeah. But uh, this one a little little underwhelming, but still yeah. still a good cliffhanger. Um. So then, you know, Batman, Robin show they go to the police headquarters and they're broadcast on TV saying he rescued Bruce Wayne and and of course King Tut is watching and 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 sees that and uh, he then says he's gonna be researching all these ancient crimes and stuff in uh oh, he's gonna go to egypt the light no he says the library at alexandria and yeah. and commissioner gordon is like oh you're going to oh, you're, you're going to virginia he's <laughs> like no no in egypt <laughs> <laughs> which i thought that was funny and uh but he's so he's flying to egypt to do some studying because you know no internet and um mm-hmm. Uh, so of course now King Tut knows that that's the perfect time to, you know, kidnap yeah, Bruce, Bruce Wayne again. again. Oh, and then he also he puts uh, Nefertiti uh in a dungeon because she well calls Batman attractive. Well, no, well he's not happy when she said when she does say that she is very attracted to uh to Batman on TV, but she she uh, mentions him being a professor. At oh, Yale, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that's a big no no. So yeah, she is hauled away. So poor Nefertiti. Uh, also, there's a moment. I, I don't remember if this is the part or if it was earlier on when she's just randomly eating a hot dog. Oh, no, it was earlier on. Yeah, <laughs> he just comes he's in like, and he's like, "What? No, you're supposed to eat nectar and and great and whatever, yeah. like all these things." She's like, "I'm sick of eating all that stuff. Here, you want something?" He's just like, "Ah, unclean." Yeah, that's the part I don't get. It's like I get like I don't know how anyone in their right mind could like follow a guy who then claims he's King, like King Tut. Like it's one thing for King Tut to think he's King Tut, right. but then what about all the people who are like what? <laughs> like, but I guess they're people who follow cult leaders, so it makes sense. I mean, they, they follow all these criminals that are goofy and ridiculous. Yeah, I just find his like because then he's like, no, you have to live like an Egyptian and eat only pomegranates and dates. It's like, well, oh. clearly it didn't go over too well. Oh sure. <laughs> But uh, that's that's pretty great. And um, so then we get another great scene where they know Batman knows that King Tut's going to try and capture Bruce Wayne. So he wants that to happen because that's that's his way in to find out where their hideout is. Um, So what the plan is, is to get Aunt Harriet away, uh, sending her to a weekend trip in the country. Now, Ian, I thought Wayne Manor was already in the country. Uh, I guess it's just a farther in the country. Like, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Just like a, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Me neither. Um, but anyway, that's where they're sending Aunt Harriet and Batman and Robin are in costume in Wayne Manor hiding behind this tiny little like clock bookcase or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty ballsy. Like that's bold. Like, yeah, very. And I don't think I, I don't think we've seen Batman and Robin dressed as Batman and Robin in Wayne Manor. Oh wow, yeah, we point. just had we just had the animated series episode where that was the first time that happened too. Yeah, in the Eternal Youth episode, and and this Look is I, I'm pretty sure the first time I haven't seen this before. Oh, oh yeah, definitely there. Um, and oh, no, wait, uh, did, did the Penguin come to Wayne Manor? 
Um, he no, he might have, but I don't think Batman and oh yeah, no, he did. Yeah, they were they were in did. the um in the suits uh, of armor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But but they weren't actually there because those were dummies. Oh, and then, then okay. they showed up later. But that is true. We did have that part. So that was kind of close. Speaking of dummies, that happens again. Because yeah, they, they, they have yeah, this perfect replica dummy of Bruce Wayne that's definitely not just Adam West sitting there, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, laying down on the couch. And, uh, of course, as they're getting all that ready, Aunt Harriet comes back in and they have to hide at the last second. And then she sees the dummy and thinks it's Bruce. So it passes the test. Also, we get a great line of dialogue from Batman and Robin. It's time to get set, Robin. It's almost Horuaba Simba. Almost what? Horuaba Simba. Six o'clock in our nomenclature. In the 14th dynasty, the hour of the hyena. The time when ancient Egyptian super criminals invariably struck. Gosh, Batman, is there anything you don't know? Oh, yes, Robin. Several things, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't list them, but no, no, he doesn't even there. say like, oh yeah, there's you know a bunch of stuff. I don't know, you know, it's just a few, you know, a few things. There's just a few several things that. <laughs> it's a very humble know. brag. The other thing is he was completely wrong with everything that he said because Egyptians yeah, did like not label their hours no. like that. So again, so far every piece of quote unquote Egyptian history or knowledge, every single one has been wrong. I mean, it was a little meta humor then. Again, I don't know. At this point, there's so many. I don't know if it's done on purpose or if literally the, they just did no research or anything, which to be <laughs> fair are... was very prevalent at the time because oh, sure. there was a lot less resources for a lot of research just on a daily basis. Yeah, um, especially when you're you know, filming a TV series, you got a week to push up the episode. And... Right. So it's, yeah. it's very believable that this is all done be... just – just because it's just wrong or they're like Egyptian consultant just sucked. Like <laughs> they just, like they just saved money and got a guy who like had a, had associates and like Egyptology. And was like, ah, yeah, I think yeah. this is, I, I took it at the local, you know, community college <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Uh, they also give Alfred a universal anti, you know, like anti gas pill. Yeah, of course. And of course here comes a cop, which is a henchman dressed as a cop actually with a fake face and with a fake Irish accent. Oh yeah, like he thinks he's Chief O'Hara or something. Like, like he thinks like they're gonna recognize the henchman. They don't even right. recognize King Type. Yeah, that makes no sense whatsoever. But he, of course, gasses Alfred, who pretends to fall down, and then gasses the Bruce dummy, and then he doesn't do anything. He then runs out to get the other henchman, and so well, that he, gives. He co- no, go ahead. He, he covers Bruce Wayne for some reason right. with a blanket, <laughs> right. which is very fortunate. And uh, yeah, and then. As he as he leaves, Batman and Robin hop out from their little very very unconcealed very hiding space, yeah. and uh, Batman jumps literally jumps onto the couch like oh weird <laughs> it's it doesn't make any sense whatsoever he like does this, this is big Adam going above and beyond yeah this big like having fun jump onto the bed and then they wrap him up in the blanket. Um, we find out Robin has a tracker and the cow. And then tells Gordon and O'Hara that, you know, he's able to track them. Also, when on the tracker, like the radar screen, there's three dots. So which one yeah. is supposed to be Batman? Because there's three oh, yeah. of them as he's watching it. He's like, weird. oh, it comes in perfectly clear. I'm like, well, wait, wait, which, which one? one there are three different that? directions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but 
Then we get another one of the weirdest parts of this episode, which there are many. But we get a part where so Batman is being transported in that big truck or whatever. And then this random scroll just appears in the hand of one of the henchmen that has this like coded message saying like the leopard changes his spots and th- and themes aren't all- uh, things aren't always what they seem basically yeah and then it's like oh well we better uh check just to make sure and then the guy just whacks him over the head with his giant club and you see all these stars flash on the screen <laughs> which is the first time we've ever seen that oh, yeah it is and is really weird and then, of course, they reveal it to be Batman, and they're not even really that surprised, oh. I feel like, when they see it's Batman. But where did this all-knowing note come from? I mean, like, uh, the, only, uh, the only thing I can think of is, a, like, at least a henchman did something smart and was like, you know what, it's been a while, maybe we should just make sure that the person we kidnapped is knocked out, but... Yeah, the whole the whole reason behind it makes no sense. But he's no got sense. a note. He's got like a yeah. delivered scroll that like has this ancient proverb of, of whatever. It's what, like what, what I have is later on when uh, Robin comes in to help uh, Batman. Like you know, Batman's sword fighting them, and literally like right as Robin comes in, like a sword just lands to his foot. <laughs> it's like you can tell like they literally cut it right as like the extra threw it to Burt Ward. Right, right. Uh, that's a good point too. Um. But anyway, so of course that also that that hit to the head br- breaks the signal. So now Robin doesn't have signal for it. Um, then we see Batman trapped in a giant jar with just his head sticking out of the top, right uh, next to Nefertiti, and both of them are being tortured with pebbles, where a thousand tiny pebbles are dropped on uh, the the person's head, like one after another, which. Is this a real thing? I, I don't know. I've never heard of it, this before. The only thing I could think of, because like they they say like they use it as like a mind control device, where it's like well, not exactly, but but the point is, it, it hits you on the head so many times, you you lose your mind. That's basically yeah, which, what it is. I don't like the 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 only thing I can think of that's close is the ancient uh, or the old uh, Chinese water torture, where they yeah. they tie you down and they drip water onto your forehead, and like you do it over the course of days or so to the point where like you go crazy thinking that they're like the water droplets are going into your head, but like, I, I, but I don't, I guess they think the same thing can be achieved with pebbles. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a real <laughs> method of torture. I have no I don't clue. Think it, is. it seems ridiculous. I, but, I really uh, don't think it is. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And it takes a long time. They have to construct a giant, you know, vase to go around the person. <laughs> right. And these little tubes just to push <laughs> the rocks through. But you um, also count how many pebbles. Right. Yeah. Someone's counting, too, because he's asking the person who's putting the rocks down, like, what is the count up to? Yeah, no, no. 647 or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, well, <laughs> Nefert- it's working on Nefertiti because she's just going cuckoo. She's just, like, saying TikTok over and yeah. over. Um. And, you know, so Batman tries to plead with King Tut, you know, remember who you used to be and everything. And that, you know, it doesn't really work. His response is speed up the process. Right. Um, so now Robin and Alfred have to figure out where Batman is because they don't have the signal anymore. So, of course, they go to that giant board of uh, what? what is it? What is it called? And let me uh, the oh, uh, the uh, lighted um, lucid map of Gotham City. That's oh, yeah. what it is. Um, so that's that's always pretty fun. Um, and they they figure out, oh, it's gonna be at the old uh, Egypt palace from last year's Gotham City. Again, I feel like that would just be the first guess, but right. you know, <laughs> sure. Uh, 
And then, you know, Gordon tells them that King Tut has announced he's captured Batman and ransoming for a million dollars. Um, and it has to be paid by Bruce, which is funny. But, of course, Gordon's freaked out because he can't find Bruce Wayne. Um, but Robin's like, oh, I'll find him. So then him and Alfred have to go to the this place. But, of course, Alfred has to drive because <laughs> Robin great. can't drive, yeah. which is great. Uh, so we get Alfred driving there. Um so then back at the King Tut's place, well, now Batman and Nefertiti have lost their minds because they're they're just reciting Twinkle Twinkle Little Bat. Twinkle Twinkle Little Bat, how I wonder where you're at. <laughs> so they, they've gone bonkers. So King Tut then takes him out and breaks him out, literally just breaks him out of this thing, which I'm trying to figure out if it was fully sealed, how'd they get him in there? Exactly. Yeah. Did they like craft the clay pots like around them and then let them dry and everything? Like you had to have. It doesn't make any sense at all. No. Um, the fact that they have to get broken out of them, and then we get the best scene in the entire history of this show, where King Tut wants them to dance for him. Oh yeah, this is where the famous and, meme comes and he from. Wants, and he wants music to be played, but not just any music. Bat music. Dance, you slaves. Dance for our amusement. Music. Bat music. And they literally have a record of the Batman theme song. The only difference is there's a saxophone playing over it. Oh, yeah. But it's literally just the theme song. It is dun 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 It's the same thing. Yeah, very meta. And that's what... That's what they're dancing to. And uh, we get the great moment of Batman. He does the Batusi again, but also he just like jumps up and down like a crazy person, <laughs> yeah. which is great. If, if any of you, to, this is the best way to describe it. If any of you have seen the Lego Batman movie, when they're talking about all the different iterations of Batman, and then at one point Alfred's like, and that weird oh, one yeah. in, in 1966, and they show a clip, that yeah, clip that, of Batman dancing. So that is what this episode is what that's from. It's it's fantastic. But of it course is, yeah. of course Batman was just faking and using it as a cover, so and it turns the dancing into fighting as he punches out two of the henchmen and then starts fighting. And he grabs a sword and is sword fighting with another one of them and, and he's <laughs> he has a great line. Thought you'd unhinge me, did you? I fooled you. I kept my reason by reciting the multiplication tables backwards. Ian this has to be the greatest way Batman has survived anything in the history of of the character of Batman. I think the greatest way that anybody has survived anything. You survive by reciting multiplication tables, but not just any, backwards. Not Actually, that's normally. That also makes sense, too, because I remember hearing a story about, I think, a Vietnam POW or a POW in Vietnam. And the way he went uh, stayed sane by not, you know, despite being tortured. Every day was like, he built a house in his home like every day like he like went over every part and every step of building the house but that was how he stayed sane so I guess I, I did know. some research about torture I I I guess but that's awesome that is just awesome I love that so much and then of course Robin shows up and he helps fight him and and they they are able to take out all the henchmen but of course King Tut gets away and he took the Batmobile and he knocked out Alfred. And uh, Alfred doesn't even have a mask on in this one. No, oh, yeah, that's that was one. I was like, okay, so 
No one's going to ask about when uh, they call both Bruce Wayne and Batman and get the same person. And right. then no one's going to ask any questions where Robin, if anyone's around, you know, Robin or, you know, or no, because uh, Alfred gets knocked out later by right. one of the goons. It's like, well, that, right the there, that's like, what I'm talking about right here. Yeah, yeah. King Tut knocks him out and he steals the Batmobile. Yeah. So like, wouldn't he be like, hey, wait a minute. That's a, that's a butler from what you call it. You would think, and um, they, they, they fix that in the movie, because in the movie, he wears a mask under his glasses, which is awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so now they, they take, then, King Tut's big truck and go after him, but, of course, they're not really going to be able to catch the Batmobile. So then we find out Batman has, like, 50 years early voice control for his car, yeah. where he connects to the Bat computer in the Bat cave and can voice command the Batmobile. But it doesn't work. <laughs> they go through all this, and then it just doesn't work. And he's like, well, you know, these machines are built by man and, you know, oh, yeah. sometimes fallible. And you're just like, what? <laughs> Why? Why do we have to have it not work? Yeah, like, it's very nonchalant, too. Yeah, it's, he's not even, like, frustrated with it. Have you oh. ever been in a place where your machine doesn't work? It is the most an an annoying and maddening thing in the world. Oh, God, yeah. And it just doesn't even phase Ben. And he's like, well, no, I guess it didn't work. <laughs> well, but I guess it kind of worked because then the Batmobile comes all the way back and it's going to blast them with the, uh, you know, the, uh, the bat beam. Yeah, the bat beam. But it, but the bat beam then doesn't work. And then, yeah, I guess then the ejector seat goes off, which is what Batman originally wanted to happen. And so King Tut goes flying, lands on the truck, lands in front of Batman, and Batman finishes and knocks him out. Yeah, I guess all the wiring for the Batmobile was off. I guess. But uh, so then they're in Gordon's office and King Tut is just laying there on the couch. And they're, you know, they're worried about what they're going to do with him. Because it's like he doesn't need to go into normal jail. We need psychiatric care. And then Gordon is like, well, all this, all the mental hospitals are full because the taxpayers just don't understand our, our plight. It's like, I don't think that's how taxpaying works. Like, no. It's just like people just decide, nah, we don't want to pay taxes for that. I can't wish. I don't think that's how it works. Um, no, no, tell that to Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so that's weird. But then it works out because that punch from Batman has restored King Tut to his previous uh, professor form. And he just is like, oh, what, what happened? And oh, whatever will the dean say? Pretty great, <laughs> pretty great moment. And so he's, he's cured. Of course, we're going to find out that won't last. Um, uh, he just has to get hit on the head again, I guess. Right. And that that's what we'll see. He he has – we have a few more episodes. I think four more episodes in – or like two-part episodes include uh, King Tut in the future and future seasons. And that's that's usually what happens. At some point, he gets hit in the head and then King Tut reemerges. So <laughs> we'll see him again. But that's pretty – man, that's pretty great. That's – uh. That that's pretty fantastic. Pretty great episode. A lot of crazy stuff happens in this. Yeah, there, there is a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, but again, like not terribly. Like again, like it's crazy, like in the setting and like the circumstances. But like again, it's still not like to me like over the top weird Joker high school episode le levels of crazy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, King Tut is played by Victor Bono. Um. Pretty famous actor from back in the 50s. Uh, wow. Most famous movie role. He uh, was this movie called What um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. 
Oh, yeah. Movie from 1962, and he was nominated for uh, Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. He was nominated oh, no for that movie. So that was his big his big uh, claim to fame. And this show, obviously, what he's most, most known for. He didn't live that long. He died at age 43 in oh, 1982. Wow. And uh, if you had to guess, how old do you think he was when he played King Tut? Oh, my God. I, like, I would have assumed, like, 40s or right. something. Yeah, he was 28. Hey, boy. Yeah. yeah. 28 not a, years not a old. healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Big guy and uh, had that big voice. And so he yeah. almost his own his entire li- life. Pretty much. He played older characters. Wow. Uh, older than what he was just because of his size and his his voice. But um, yeah, some pretty cool. Damn. Pretty cool stuff. I got a few trivia things to talk about as well. But first, we're going to cut to um, Uncle John. Big fan of the show. And we're going to we're going to hear what he says about king tut and about watching the show and about a little bit about these episodes too so we're gonna go and take a listen to that right now all right how's it going everyone this is a uh, special little part of this episode of the uncaped crusaders of Re- review talking with uh, my uncle john you might remember we had him on back when we were just starting to go through the batman 66 tv show back a few months ago and um figure we're gonna have him back on talk a little little king tut because that's the episode we're covering this week uh the curse of tut and pharaohs in a rut and um so yeah so uh uncle john obviously we've talked to you before big fan of uh big fan of the show you were back there from the beginning pretty much pretty much your whole life spent with this uh with this tv show um for the most part Better. Well, Mark, thanks for having me on, and I uh, I definitely remember watching King Tut episodes, <laughs> and uh, I may have mentioned to you that Victor Bono played King Tut. One thing your listeners may not know is Hollywood actually put a premium on the Batman series. In other words, a lot of these guest stars, ranging from Victor Bono to Rodney McDowell to... Eva Gabor all wanted to be on the Batman series mm-hmm. and really put in um, uh, calls to their agents and to the series uh, producers to get them on <laughs> on the show. And of course, Victor Bono was, um, he actually was a star in the 50s. Um, I may have mentioned to you, he was probably best known for the movie Strangler. Um, that he did in 1957. He did a lot of a lot of other shows, but Victor Bono as King Tut was a big hit, and uh, he played it to the hilt, literally the hilt, <laughs> and um, was a big star. I mean, um, he's a Yale professor of um, Egyptology. Egyptian Egyptology, which is nothing more than the study of Egypt, I right. guess, but. But at any rate, he's, he uh, hooks up with a couple of these dingbats that are his sidekicks. And, um, no, wait, but, but a- what, happened, what, what happened to him? Well, you mean in the series? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he why, gets, why is he, he King gets, Tut? Uh, well, he gets, uh, if I recall, he gets um, knocked over or something, <laughs> knock, knocked in the head or something. And he goes back to thinking that he's actually King Tut of, of Egypt. That that was uh, King Tut's M.O. He got knocked upside the head in a student riot 
And uh, but he does have flashbacks mm-hmm. of being a professor. And if you'll notice, he'll he'll refer from time to time students, complete your assignments, please, and you know <laughs> that type of thing. We'll uh, we'll discuss this next class. Thank you. And he's he he's. <laughs> He really does fit the part, and um, it's it's something else to uh, see Victor Bono in the in that part. He played it to the hilt, literally. So um, I guess other than the main, you know, the, the kind of main villains, because I, I don't think too many people would argue that, you know, Riddler, Penguin, Joker, and Catwoman are are the the real villain stars of the uh, of the series. But aside from you know those main ones, where would you rank? King Tut as maybe one of your favorite, one of your favorite villains after kind of the main ones. Where where would you rank uh, him? I, well, well, I I like him right there, just underneath the Catwoman and and like you said, I I didn't care much for um, Bookworm Roddy McDowell necessarily. <laughs> that's um, da- that's Dad's favorite. Miss yeah, well, see that's yeah, and um, uh, Mister Freeze, you know those mm-hmm. guys. Shame. Shame was um, great. Yeah, but no, I, I like King Tut. He comes back, and um, he just has a great persona. Victor Bono is a great actor. Yeah. And the, they play to him, and he plays to the crowd. He does a great job, and I, I just really, you know, King Tut was just that guy that, because of his presence, the Victor Bono presence, you know, he's got his underlings doing his beck and call and doing everything that he wants him to do. It's, it's really an interesting character, I, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I liked him a lot, yeah. But it's yeah. pretty interesting because I think other than uh, the second episode with the Penguin, I think that's the only other time, at least at this point in the series, where Bruce Wayne himself is the one who actually gets, who actually gets kidnapped. kidnapped. So that, that doesn't happen all too often. It's usually just Batman. No. No, it's it's usually Batman, but then again, uh, Penguin has him on that um, conveyor belt going into the fire, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> that's an interesting um, uh, episode. Obviously, I like that one because I can remember <laughs> seeing those shoes starting to smoke, and oh, I'm yeah. thinking, man, how's he going to get out of that? <laughs> But um, well, in this one, he no. gets put in the back of an ambulance. And, he gets put uh, in the back of an ambulance, and he actually is able to loosen himself from the from the gur, uh, from the uh, gurney, and he rolls out of the ambulance down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, still, he's still he's still up. he's still tied onto the he's gurney, and it's rolling this free fall down the, the highway. Of course, there's a giant sign that says "Danger, three hundred foot cliff." Right. And he breaks through that, and that's that's the literal like cliffhanger at the end of the uh, episode, which is a pretty good totally. one. That's a great visual. Is Bruce Wayne just flying down uh down that that highway? Now, do you remember watching this episode back back then, or, or the, any of these, uh, these King Tut yeah. episodes uh, and... all the way back as a kid? And and what what were your thoughts of seeing some of this stuff? Uh, you know, as a you know five. Seven-year-old well, kid, how, a ten-year-old yeah, kid, this, however old you were. this is something that where, where you know, King Tut's this you know dastardly you know villain that is after Bruce Wayne, and of course I'm the big Bruce Wayne fan from way back, and uh, of course, it, oh yeah, it make it, 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 it he disappointed me, uh, you know, King Tut. <laughs> I I wanted him to be 
you know, be reformed. But no, his, his days of reformation were yet to come. And but Batman gets gets out of this harrowing experience of getting, you know, rolling down the street. But no, I, my, my I, I really didn't like uh, the villain King Tut because he was after Batman. Of course, Batman was a superhero and uh, to a little kid. And mm-hmm. that meant a lot, meant a lot to me. So <laughs> and this has one of my favorite torture devices. He sit, I don't know if you remember, but he has Batman in this giant like vase. And little pebbles and are pebbles being dropped are him on his head, on his yeah. head. <laughs> just like slowly and, and one what, at a what, time. What what happens is, I believe, <laughs> if I recall it, he said he he starts he starts mimicking some lines and acting like he's actually going crazy. Right, but then that's he the point. The point, of it, of it, the point of it is to drive him was, crazy. Yeah, he driving him crazy. But he said uh, when when it's all said and done, he said he was doing. Uh, what was it? The cube roots or <laughs> no? He or says or... he fooled him into thinking he was uh, crazy. Nuts. And yeah. what he actually did, he kept his wits by reciting the multiplication tables backwards. <laughs> right. Okay. Multiplication. Okay. <laughs> but backwards, yeah. reciting them backwards was the uh, that's the trick. So if you ever stuck somewhere and someone's Peter trying to drive you crazy. You, you keep your sanity. You just say those multiplica- <laughs> multiplication tables backwards, and that's the way you uh, you resolve that. That's one of my favorite ways Batman survives something, probably yeah. in the whole series. That's got to be one of the best. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, it, it's – anyway, it just kind of shows you a little bit more of the uh, – uh, the kids didn't quite catch that, but the adults laughed it over, you know, laughed it over pretty big, so <laughs> – yeah, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. So yeah, I guess uh, any any uh, final thoughts about the uh, just the King the King Tut character, or maybe uh, some of these uh, resolutions here from um, from uh, this episode. You know, um, uh, King Tut's got his queen that he's trying to romance, and and she really doesn't at the at the very end care for him at all. She's, yeah, not really. She fi- finds him actually despicable, which I found, you know, to be kind of amusing as a kid. That you know, she doesn't even like him, so he's he's really pulling out everything to <laughs> to win her over, but it doesn't work. And he's really doing everything to get Batman. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's just what, as a kid, I remember. You know, man, not even King Tut can get. Uh, can get Batman in the very end. He can't even get his queen to love him. So what's with that? <laughs> it's just just as a kid that that rang true to me. So yeah, no, that's uh, that's more than fair. More than fair for sure. But yeah, these were uh, these are two pretty solid episodes. And King Tut, of course, an all time great, all time great character in the um, in the Batman show for sure. So, Uncle John, I appreciate you joining me and talking a little bit about the show and the character and just stuff like that. It's always nice to get your perspective from from this show and and things you observe and and enjoyed growing up. Just uh, watch some of this, and I'll be sure and have you on in the future to talk about some more episodes. Well, thanks so much. I enjoyed uh, being with you and your uh, podcast team, and hope this goes out and a lot of fans uh, report back that they enjoyed this show. All right, so we got to hear from Uncle John. Always always a pleasure getting to talk with him about the show. We'll definitely be talking to him 
Um, I'll be talking with him uh, about some other episodes in the future, just because resident Batman TV show expert. But, um, all right, some other trivia things with this show, which are pretty interesting. There's pretty interesting trivia stuff for here. Um, obviously, this is the first appearance of King Tut in any way. He was created for this, but he did appear in the comics all the way in, uh, it took till 2009 for the character of King Tut to appear in comic form. Oh, wow. In, uh, Batman Confidential number 26, but they changed the character a little bit. Um, they changed the name instead of him being... Uh, I don't even remember what his professor name was, but they changed his name to Victor Goodman, which is a play on Victor Bono because Bono is Italian for good, oh, nice. apparently. <laughs> so um, they kind of did an homage to him. Uh, a, a, a similar character appears in an episode of Batman, uh, the Brave and the Bold, but because 20th Century Fox technically owns the character, they they called him just Far- the Pharaoh. In oh, the show. I think I remember that. And also then he appears in um, the uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders film. That's right. And then he appears in uh, Batman vs. Two-Face. So he appears oh, yeah, in, both, yeah, both times, in yeah. both those both those versions, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. You gotta, yeah. Um, another really interesting thing, the newscaster in the second part, the newscaster that, that um, talks about Bruce Batman. Bruce Wayne being uh, kidnapped. Yeah, Br- yeah, Bruce Wayne being kidnapped. He is put his name is Olin Soli, I think, which is pretty interesting because he was the main animated voice of Batman back in the 70s and 80s. Oh, wow. Like he did the voice for the Batman Superman hour, the, the Batman meets Scooby-Doo. Um, oh. He did the Super Friends uh, voice of Batman for all the Super Friends shows. Oh, like oh wow. He, he was the voice of uh, of Batman. Until oh, until Adam West ended up doing it in the uh, 70s, uh, later 70s, or in the, whenever there, there was a version of the show that used Adam West and Burt Ward as the voices, but pretty much other than that show, that show, it was of uh, this guy Olin Soli, and he oh, has an appearance here in the Batman 66 show. It's the only time he appears in the show, but it's kind of interesting because he'd go on to be the main animated voice of uh, of Batman. It's pretty cool. Cool thought, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it for this episode. Another fun episode. We're going to be back in the um, animated series next week. we got some great episodes of Batman animated series to get to because we got Robin's Reckoning. Oh, both yeah. parts of that. All-time classic. And then The Laughing Fish. Oh, nice. So we got, we got three solid episodes coming up of uh, Batman animated series for next week. Not so you're bad not, at all. You know, you're not going to want to miss that. Robin's Reckoning. And Laughing Fish, some uh, some all-time classics as far as uh, that one goes. So definitely stick around. Join us next week for that. Um, make sure and follow us on Twitter, at Uncaped Review. Post random things that I'm watching and uh, obviously post all the links to all the episodes and any updates that we have, anything with news going on. You can find our thoughts on all that type of stuff. So check that out. And um, you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkyMarkBrand. You can follow me at Ian Bart Park. So do that as well. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Any final thoughts, Ian? No, just hoping that hopefully soon we'll have more stuff to talk about. And I'm dying to see a movie in theaters again. So fingers crossed. Yeah, me too. Me too. Hopefully sooner rather than later. That is, yep. that is for sure. That is for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Mark. I'm Ian. 
Have a great week.